1: I will say this about investing: everything you do is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is
2: Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, where we help you learn to invest in 15 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend, so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going, bro?
3: I'm um, very good, Bryce.
2: Great to be with you again.
3: As always. Yeah.
2: How's, how's the weekend been?
3: Yeah, it's been pretty good so far. Uh, no swans on this weekend, so just, you know, don't know what to do with myself.
2: If I recall correctly, last time we recorded, uh, it was just before the Bombers were playing against West Coast, and uh, you were pretty adamant that yeah. they weren't going to get up. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. You were
2: completely what was, right. Um, what was the result?
3: Yeah, Bombers smashed it.
2: Smashed them, so good.
3: The result look, even looks kind to West Coast. You know they won by what twenty eight points in the end. But yeah, God Essendon, they can when H- they want to play, they can fight.
2: That's the issue. And then when yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you think you, they're going to win, they lose to Carlton.
3: Yeah, it's most like, of the time they don't want to play.
2: <laughs> exactly, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough at the top. Anyway, so moving on, um, we're going to kick off today with a basics one hundred and one. We're going to discuss. Buybacks. What are they? um, What they mean for us as investors? But I think first, Ren, we'll give a quick update on our trading competition. Yeah, Yeah. we're going. We're going well.
3: Well, (laughs) I mean, we still have money at least. (laughs) We're um we're a little bit dejected at this point. Well, at least I am because uh, we missed out on a golden opportunity. So to recap, uh, we our first stock that we chose was.
2: Well, to recap. Very quickly, for those that may have just joined the show, um, you and I, Ren, are in a trading competition hosted by Stake and we're up Mm -hmm. against nine journalists, uh, financial Mm -hmm. journalists from around Australia. Uh, So we are here to prove ourselves. Um, It's for Stake's rebrand and relaunch. All profits are going to go to charity um, and it's all technical analysis. We have two weeks to make as much money as we can trading through the Stake platform. So yeah, recap, Ren, how'd we go?
3: Yeah, so uh, we... Decided to try and ride an IPO to even larger highs. Uh, And we got on a company called Avalara Inc. And they do automated tax software for business. The reason we got on them though was they had been on the share market for about three days. And they'd gone up about 90%. So we thought this is an IPO that investors are loving. And we thought we'd get on the back of it. Um, Unfortunately, on the first day, it fell 3%. So, not the end of the world, but not great. And then in the second day, we decided to try and protect our risk and put a stop loss on.
2: Yeah, so we had the stop loss on the first night, but it was just a bit um, wider than the 1.5% that it dropped.
3: Yeah, I think we dropped more than 1.5% on the first oh, night. Or whatever it was, Ooh. 2.5%. <laughs> we we're already we inflating our loss losses to make percent. ourselves look better. <laughs> yeah, so then in the second night, it did hit the stop loss it fell far enough to automatically sell which mm-hmm. at the time was a good thing because we avoided losing any more money but then it just shot up yeah it, w- it was up at one stage about 25% for the day yeah. and it yeah. closed 13% up so we got knocked <laughs> out and we missed all of the upside
2: so, look, big lesson to be learnt there. We would be winning the competition by a mile at the moment. I think, honestly, three of us are in the red. Three of us um, are in the green. And I think three or so haven't put a trade down yet because they've come late to the game. Um, Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool hasn't even joined yet. But we were told by Matt, who's the CEO of Stake, that... We should widen our stop loss because it's quite a volatile stock. He thought 5% wasn't good enough, which we did. But in this case, widening of the stop loss still um, stopped us out. So, yeah, I guess the lesson there, Ren, is for a stock that's so volatile, we should, should have probably been a bit more uh, less sensitive to the risk of losing money with the hope that we get it on the upside.
3: Yeah. So, I guess now what we have to do is uh, go away and... Think about what we're gonna put on when markets open in America on Monday, which yes. will be Monday night our time. So yeah, yeah we'll, we've got some thinking to do. We do, we do, we do. Mm. And as we said last episode, we will separately record a lot of our thinking and our planning, or lack thereof, um, during the two weeks, and we'll put something together uh, that tells the story, hopefully of us winning, but probably probably of us participating in yes. this competition <laughs> yes
2: <laughs> hopefully win that'd be epic
3: yeah it would be it would be
2: all right Ren. We're well, moving on as i said at the start we're going to be talking about buybacks we're going to do a basic 101 what they are um why companies do them and some of the more notable examples that have happened recently because we've been having some pretty huge buybacks done by some of the world's biggest companies so let's get stuck into it
3: yeah let's do it
2: what are they what is a buyback?
3: It's all in the name, really, buybacks. But it, it is essentially where a company uh, goes into the open market and buys back the shares of itself. So, uses spare money that it has lying around or in some companies' cases, borrows money to, to go to an everyday investor like you and me. And uh, when we're selling our shares, the company itself buys them and then essentially destroys them. So then there are less shares on issue for the rest of the market.
2: Mm. So why why would uh, a company want to do a, a buyback? It seems like if they're just going to destroy the shares, like is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Why do they do it?
3: Yeah, so it's a it's a good question. The, the theory is that it's a way to for companies to return monies to shareholders that's more tax-advantaged than dividends. So mm. when a company... Ha- has profits and pays its investors in dividends investors then pay a tax on those dividends. whereas if the company goes into the market and buys some of its shares, it is rewarding investors, but they don't have to pay tax on that now to explain how that it is rewarding the other investors um, yeah. if you think about if you think about a pizza with eight slices, you know everyone gets 12.5% of the pizza if all the slices are cut equally. Quick math. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas if you, if you take, you know, if, if you recut the pizza into four slices, then everyone gets 25% of the pizza. Mm. So as the, as the company buys its own shares and destroys those shares, all the remaining shareholders uh, own more of the company. So that means, you know, that as we always say, you're a partial owner of the company, um, and that share, one share that they still own. So the investor doesn't do anything, but it entitles them to a bigger percentage ownership of that company.
2: Yeah, they were well, they're just reducing the supply, yeah, exactly. of the shares that are outstanding. Sounds pretty good for an investor. I mean, is it a is it a good thing? Is it something that uh, is looked favourably upon by investors and fund managers in the market?
3: So. Short answer: Yes. Um yeah. Investors love it because you know they they literally sit on their hands and they own more of the company that they've invested in. Mm. So it's you know it's pretty widely loved in the investing community. We'll, we'll talk about some of the risks and risks and some of the criticisms of it a little bit later, um, because there is a growing chorus of people that think that buybacks maybe aren't as good as their um, as the theory suggests. But in theory, look, it's a pretty good way to reward shareholders.
2: Yeah. I think the chorus, as you said, is growing because uh, a lot of stock valuations are progressively growing and it's questions, you know, is it the right time for companies to be doing these buybacks, buying back their own shares at record prices? But as you said, we can discuss that later.
3: Yeah. So let's frame the the conversation so yeah. buybacks have been in the media a lot uh, recently yes. um, and that's part of the reason why we're doing this episode now it's a really timely topic to be talking about mm. and the reason for that is just because we have seen an explosion of buybacks recently yeah this has been driven by the tax cuts in America a lot but really it's been it's been longer than that. Since 2010, the U.S. Fed had a quantitative easing program that was about you know saving the economy. Essentially, they were, went into the market and bought a lot of bonds and um, and troubled assets, and they spent about four trillion dollars stabilizing the economy since around 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, companies alone in America have bought back 3.5 trillion dollars in share repurchases. That's so staggering, yeah, in it's the a, U.S. It's alone, a crazy amount in the. Yeah, in the US alone. Wow. Yeah, you, just US companies. So, wow. you know, everyone's up in arms about the Federal Reserve and their quantitative easing program spending $4 trillion on, you know, bonds and troubled assets and mortgage-backed securities and stuff like that. But almost just as much, 3.5 trillion companies have spent just buying themselves.
2: Wow. Yeah, not not wow. adding any...
3: Wow. Well. Arguably not adding any value in terms of like you know the productive capacity of the economy or anything yeah. just just moving moving money around really
2: so I guess the question is what other things could that three and a half trillion dollars have been spent on do you think
3: well plant and equipment employees yes um, really
2: would you say this, this that a buyback is reinvesting in the business in the sense of how a sort of Buffett explains reinvesting back into a business?
3: I don't think so. I think there's probably a distinction. I I don't know what the technical answer is. Maybe the technical answer is yes, but you're not really reinvesting in the the productive capacity of the business or the the growth of the business. I mean, you are literally, I guess, investing in the business.
0: That's com.
3: I don't know. What yeah. What would you
2: say? I would agree. My thinking of reinvesting back in the business is reinvesting in, as you said, something that is going to be a driving growth or increasing production capacity if you're in that sort of space. So, yeah, I don't think so. I think it's a bit of a, a gimme in terms of uh, returning value to the shareholder.
3: Yeah. yeah. Now you know we've sort of we've sort of questioned it a little bit there is a so aside from being a way to reward shareholders there is another sort of capital management reason for it and when when a company needs to raise capital to do a big purchase you know a merger or an acquisition or something they can issue new shares to the market and they can raise capital that way and this is sort of the reciprocal side of that you know if a if a company is issuing a lot of shares to raise capital, they they also need the ability to then start taking some of those shares back off the market because if, if the market is flooded, if there's such a large supply of shares for a particular company in the market, then it might be artificially keeping the price down low. Whereas if you start constricting supply of the shares, then it may actually, the, the price will go up, in theory, the price will go up commensurate with the amount of shares that you take out of the market. But in some cases, it might actually rise more than that because the sort of glut in supply is taken away.
2: Hmm. Interesting. So, what are some notable examples of buybacks? Ren, we've spoken that you know since 2010, it's been massive. But what are some? What are some companies? Which companies have really gone for it and splashed their cash?
3: So, I guess the the biggest one has to be Apple. That's the yeah. one that. Everyone's talked about. We've probably even talked about it before on a previous episode. Yeah. But yeah, so they announced a $100 billion buyback. <laughs> Ridiculous. $100 billion. <laughs> like that's more than most companies in Australia are valued at. Yeah. Yeah. So they'd already done $200 billion in buybacks in, over the last six years. And now they've announced this other $100 billion. Mm. And, mm. you know, we, we talk about Apple almost being worth a trillion dollars now. But still, a hundred billion dollars is worth ten percent of their market yeah. cap, like ten yeah. percent of their value.
2: It's huge. It's, it's a massive huge. buyback. Yeah. It's you know, but they've they've been sitting on what almost three hundred billion dollars in cash. So
3: yeah,
2: I but, guess their thinking is they've got to do something with it. But
3: my uh, my question is like what? I, and I get why you buy back shares, but like w- what what if they had bought another company? You know, like I know Apple's, Tesla. App, yeah, Tesla's <laughs> the. I mean. I guess it's not the obvious one, but it is. You know, they're trying to push into self driving cars. Yeah. Or, you know, Uber, Lyft. You know, Uber's been valued at around $70 billion at the moment. Wow. They, they could have just bought Uber and still had money to spend. Three a, times over. Yeah. Still done a $30 billion <laughs> buyback after buying Uber. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It's stag- staggering. Staggering.
3: Yeah. Or like Fox, you know, Rupert Murdoch selling 21st Century Fox to Disney at the moment. Apple's trying to get into the streaming game, but they have a real problem with creating content that's any good. They could have literally just bought content from Fox. True. Yeah, there's so there's so many things, and I, I guess this comes back down to the the age old question of the opportunity cost of buying back shares. Yeah, it's very
2: interesting. So we've got Apple. Who else? Boeing. They did a massive one, didn't they? Eighteen billion back in two thousand and seventeen, December. Yeah. Uh, as well as increasing their dividend by 20%. So, that's huge.
3: Yeah, that's massive.
2: Mass payout. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're yeah. splashing cash. What else?
3: Another big one was Oracle. Uh, they announced a $12 billion buyback in December.
2: And then Cisco, they have $71 billion in cash offshore. Um, and they're choosing to spend $25 billion of that for share repurchases and combined with uh, buybacks announced earlier in the year, the company is buying back up to 14% of its market cap.
3: That's, that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's so much of the company. Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. To me, I don't know. I, I'm not, yeah, it's. I, I don't really have an opinion on whether or not these are good or bad because it's a very individual, individual thing. But I know, you know, Buffett definitely speaks about um, the importance of, you know, he, he is a fan of um, repurchases, but only when it's sort of sensible in terms of its intrinsic value. You know, if you're purchasing at below intrinsic value, he's all for it. But he also says, you know, never forget that repurchasing um, the value and the price is the most important thing. And if you're buying at levels that are well above the value of the company, then you're probably making a poor capital management decision, which is interesting because... Um, you know he 's a massive fan of apple and he 's invested in apple himself, and they 're spending a hundred billions. he obviously thinks it 's a reasonable thing for them to do
3: yeah well, i mean if he 's investing in them, he obviously thinks they 're at a good price, so yeah. it makes yeah. sense for them to be buying back if he 's right about the price exactly so look that's uh, that's we 've used a lot of American examples and there 's a reason for that j p Morgan have predicted that two thousand and eighteen will be the um the year of the most amount of buybacks in US corporate history. I think some of the reporting is that in the January to February quarterly earnings reporting, there was about $190 billion in buybacks. And then in the most recent uh, earnings quarter, there was about $180 billion. So, you know, it's just crazy numbers yeah. every quarter. Australia doesn't obviously doesn't play in that sort of field with those numbers. And Australia is a very dividend-heavy market Australian investors super funds pensioners baby boomers love dividends Mm. so we don't have buybacks to the same extent Mm. Uh, but we do still have buybacks ANZ recently announced they're buying back three billion dollars worth of their shares interesting and that money came from the sale of their life insurance business so you know interesting that they're selling a selling a division and they're don't have anything else to do with the money I guess
2: yeah strange very briefly as an investor would you prefer uh, your company to be paying out uh, large amounts of you know high dividend yield or purchasing back some stock
3: I I would probably prefer purchasing back stock just mm. because I, I think as a long-term investor if they're buying back stock in their own company then that has a you know a long-term benefit for you because yeah. You uh, own more of that company this year, but every year ongoing as well. Whereas Mm. the dividend is paid, that's a moment in time. And sure, you can invest it in a different company, but the the compounding effect isn't there.
2: I would agree.
3: There you go. We're agreeing a lot today. (laughs) Nice. So, we've talked about, in theory, why buybacks are a good thing. There is a growing chorus of people that argue that the theory and the practice are a little bit different. Let's get on to the downside of buybacks, I guess.
2: What is the downside of buyback, Ren?
3: So the first bit is what we've already spoken about around the opportunity cost. You know, if they if companies are buying back their shares, that means they're not employing more people, they're not investing in their plant and equipment. You know, to become more productive or to to start new lines or offer new services. So that's that's the first one. Yes. The second one is that companies are terrible at timing the market. Mm. So what we continue to see over and over again is that companies are buying at ex- all the wrong times. So in the economist in 2014 they reported that between 2006 and 2008 America's financial sector repurchased shares to the tune of $207 billion. And obviously, that was the market top before the GFC. Mm. Uh, and then by 2009, uh, the taxpayers had to inject $250 billion into the US banks to save them. Mm. So, that $207 billion they used to repurchase shares maybe could have been used to shore up their balance sheets rather mm. than... Um, buying back shares buying and then back. needing the taxpayer to bail them out?
2: It's an interesting one because to me, it makes sense to uh, you know, buy stocks when you know the price is right uh, and as an investor, you kind of hope they do that. But then at the same time as an investor, if the company that you own says, you know, we've got $100 billion but you know what, we actually think our stock's going to drop 50% in the next year or whatever so we're going to hang 10 and wait for that that sort of doesn't really instill much confidence yeah, in, that, in that the investor. A, yeah. So, it's it's a yeah. tough one because they don't want to, yeah, they don't want to come across as poor managers of their capital. But, in you know, buying at the wrong time certainly gives that impression.
3: Yeah, yeah. And then I guess the last criticism and the one that resonates most with me has to do with the sort of the short-term nature of the stock market and of CEOs' incentives. Mm. In you know in America well in everywhere the heads of these big companies are held to you know quarterly numbers or, anu- or annual numbers and that's what their their compensation is based on you know if they hit an earnings per share number and stuff like that and companies use buybacks as a way to uh, massage their figures I guess yeah you know if your earnings per share is going down and you're getting towards the end of the year and you're about to report to the market if you're buying back a whole bunch of shares, that can artificially bump up all your per share numbers and you Mm. can make them look better. Mm. Um, And that's a classic example of that, using buybacks as a way to sort of pad their stats, was GE, or is GE. So, between 2015 and 2016, bought back $45 billion in shares and GE's been struggling for a while and Mm. this buyback sort of made their numbers look better than it should have. Uh, but then they reported that they had a $31 billion hole in their pension <laughs> obligations. Good. So, they brought back $45 billion and then they reported they had a $31 billion hole in their pension obligation. Uh, and what that meant in 2017, they told analysts that they had to cut CAPEX, so capital expenditure, by 26% and would need to borrow money just to pay 2018's pension obligations. And... Mm you know you you think like you you wonder how a ceo or a cfo who obviously know what their pension obligations are could spend all that money buying back shares and the the simple reason is in a lot of these cases because these ceos and these leaders care more about hitting their numbers their their stis yeah their bonuses rather than sort of I mean, what the could be argued value. is in the best interest of the company longer yeah. term.
2: Yeah. Now, to me, this is the most dangerous one, but uh, yeah, they'll never admit that's why they're doing it, but yeah, it's certainly the case.
3: And GE is a particularly egregious example. Mm. Um, mm. and you know, it's it's been declining for a while. It it got taken out of um, out of the Dow Jones. I think only this week or last week. Oh wow! So it's continuing its slow and steady decline from. You know, it used to be one of the great American stocks, you know. Mm, Everyone mm. sort of owned it. I guess it was like the BHP in Australia. Everyone got a little bit tucked away. (laughs) Woolworths.
2: (laughs) Anyway, Ren, we have blown the 15 minutes. Have we?
3: Uh, Oh, gosh. Time flies when you're having fun.
2: (laughs) We've absolutely absolutely shot through that. So, we'll have to wrap it up there, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, good little intro into buybacks. There's not really much you can do as an investor. I mean, companies announce whether or not they're going to be doing a buyback or not, and that's sort of going to give you an indication. But you don't really – it's not really an, in, an investing strategy, I wouldn't say. It's just no, a, depending no. on how you look at it, it's an added bonus uh, if your company decides to do a buyback or not. So, yeah, I wouldn't be searching for companies that are saying they're going to be doing buybacks.
3: no. No, i don't think so there's probably some etf out there that tracks companies that are doing the biggest buybacks and rebalances every quarter yep. um so you could have a look for that but yeah i think a buyback is a good good for you if you already own the stock but i wouldn't go chasing it yeah i, I agree with you
2: cool ren well that's a wrap we will update everyone on our trades for this state competition uh, sometime next week oh, we will probably be well, we'll be approaching the end of the two weeks by the end of next week. So, yeah, we'll we'll um, keep track of everything and then and then let all our listeners know how we go.
3: Yeah, sounds good. Equity mates and the people
0: appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. Equity man.